Potential Nation and welcome back to Untapped Potential right here on TDN Radio. Yes, it is great to be back with you for another episode of Untapped Potential where we stop by each and every week to get powered up for the week ahead. I am your host, uh, Simone Matthew, and I always look forward to spending this time with you as we remind ourselves of the important life goals that we should be working on and how do we remain consistent. So the premise of this program is how do we remain consistent with this live goal? So we bring on inspirational speakers. We also have some great music and we have a tip of the week to keep us motivated on our goal. So welcome, welcome to the program. I hope that your, your week is off to a great start. If it is your birthday, happy birthday. If it is your wedding anniversary or any anniversary that you're celebrating, we want to wish you a happy anniversary. Yesterday, Monday, was actually the birthday of my mom, Mrs. Medina Senhouse. So I want to give her a special shout out and I hope that she enjoyed a great birthday. You know, she and my uh, my niece, Arik, celebrate their birthdays one day apart. So this was a beautiful weekend in New York that they got to celebrate their birthday. So again, happy birthday, uh, Ma Senhouse, like I like to call her. And of, of course, to my little... Uh, nephew, Eric. Uh, I said my niece before, but he's actually my nephew, Eric. And we wish you guys long life and of course, happiness. So again, welcome to the program. Uh, this week uh, for our interview, we will have uh, the topic of child abuse. Because I think what we're finding is in Dominica is that there are so many cases of child abuse that are going unreported because many times it seems that there's no resolution. So the perpetrators are often not even prosecuted. And then we hear cases where the parents are paying off the perpetrator for abusing their children, which is truly unfortunate. So I thought that this week we would bring you a portion of our Facebook Live interview that we did last week with Dr. Shamina Abushan from the book, If You Touch, I'll Tell. So she's done an incredible job of putting together a book that young children can relate to and give them the words to speak if they're being abused. So she was our guest, as well as Miss Abigail Christmas, who is the leader of the Dominica Girl Guide Association in Dominica. 
So they both stopped by to talk on this important topic. So for today, what I would like to do is pretty much bring you the entire interview because I think this is such an important topic. So today, this week, we won't have our tip of the week. Uh, we will get back to our tip of the week next week because I think this is such an important topic that I want most of the interview to play. And of course, don't forget, if you miss any of our interviews, all our interviews are on our YouTube channel, which is P-U-S-H-P-A-S-D-1-0 on YouTube. So if you missed any interview and you want to see the video of the interview, you can always jump on our YouTube, YouTube channel. And while I'm at it, I just want to take a minute to thank everyone who has recently subscribed to the YouTube channel. We are now up to 411 subscribers on YouTube, so I really like how the channel is going. And of course, that does not include the 18,000 uh, visitors that we receive on Facebook at Push Past 10. So it's very encouraging that the audience keeps growing and it tells us that we're doing uh, important work and we're covering important topics. And as a matter of fact, yesterday, Monday, I had a call from a lovely lady in London, England, Miss Pam Clark, and she gave me even greater ideas, even more ideas for some of the programming that we ought to be looking at. So the community continues to grow, and that, that is what I was hoping for, that we will continue to reach more and more Dominicans, wherever we are located in the world, to be able to bring that human resource together for the benefit of Dominica. So as we continue along, let us start off with this uh, song from Tessan Chin, a song entitled Anything's Possible, as we remind ourselves that despite the challenges in the world, there is still a whole lot that is possible for our lives. And as we normally do at the beginning of the program, we want to start on a note of gratitude. So we talked about birthdays and anniversaries earlier. So what are you grateful for today? As for me, I'm grateful that the terrible weather we had yesterday, Monday, has finally passed. We had some torrential rains down here in Georgia, but the sky has since opened up and now we're enjoying some beautiful, mild weather. So I am grateful. I am grateful for the sunshine. I am grateful for life. And of course, I'm grateful for my family as well as the audience. So let's enjoy this number from Tess and Chin, and then we will go straight into the interview on uh, uh, ch child abuse in Dominica and everywhere. So take a listen and stay tuned.
struggling to pay your bills? Has your income been impacted by COVID-19? Are you on track with securing your family's financial future? Let Badui Financial Services be your guide in this ever-changing world. From budgeting and finally eliminating your debt to protecting your income and leaving a financial legacy for your family. Badui Financial Services is your one-stop shop for securing your financial future. Give them a call today at 864-607-1361. That number again, 864-607-1361. Badui Financial Services, Integrity and Service is our commitment to you. Give them a call Push Pass Nation, come on in, check in, post a message. Let us know that you are here. Uh, Simone Matthew here, and we are coming to you this evening to talk about a very important topic. So we're here this evening to talk to you about child abuse in Dominica as well as the rest of the world. And you know, this is such a sensitive topic, and it is one of those topics I've been putting up discussing for a while because I think it is such a sensitive topic. And unfortunately in Dominica, we don't seem to have many solutions to the problem. We see a justice system that is not very forthcoming with prosecuting um, offenders. And many times children are forced to remain in the homes where they're being abused. But you know, we're bringing on two very special young ladies today. We have Dr. Shamina with us as well as Miss Abigail with us. And they're going to tell us about the ways that they are confronting child abuse. So that is the reason that we're here today. So come on in, share the live, uh, let everyone know that we are here for this conversation. Uh, tell us where you're joining us from and all that great information. And as you're coming on, coming on in, I just want to thank everyone who continues to support the program, to thank our sponsors, TDN Radio, as well as um, Badui Financial Services. And also, I like to check in at least once a month just to see how our audience is growing. And I am happy to report that we're now up to 18,300 visitors for the months between April and May on Facebook. And we're also up to 32,000 viewers on YouTube. So that kind of just tells us that you're finding value in the programs that we're doing, that you're supporting the effort. And we want to thank everyone. And I see Liz Thomas has joined in and she's one of our greatest supporters. And I want to thank everyone who continues to recommend programs and continue to recommend guests for the program we, the programming that we do. So this is a lot of, you know, community-based programming where we take your ideas, your suggestions, and we bring on uh, folks who can talk on the topic. So come on in and share the live and let us welcome our guests to the program as they unmute their mics and they say good evening. I think we may have lost Abby for just a minute, but she will be right back. 
And we say good evening to Cecilia Phipps, who is just joining, as well as Marceline Edwards, who is just joining. So Dr. Shalina, um, welcome to the program. Thank and you. Let us know a little bit more about who you are. Hi, thank you for inviting me to the program. I'm so happy to be here. Um, a little bit about me. Um, my name is Shamina Abishan. I have um, a PhD in biomedical sciences with a focus on immunology. So I'm an immunologist at tra um, by training. And currently I work um, in as a regulatory affairs scientist. And I do a lot of work with the Food and Drug Administration here in the US. Um, as a side project, I am an advocate against child abuse, child sexual abuse specifically. And my goal is to try to help children all over the world. And I plan to do that by writing books and working on educational material for children as young as one year old. And so with that, I'm happy to meet you and I'm happy to share my thoughts on the topic. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. And I'm guessing that Abby will come back in, but let's continue the conversation as we say good evening to Tina Bell de Ramon as well as Sissy uh, Christmas, who I, I think was going to be Abby's mom. So great to have you on. Abby's trying to come back on. She's having a little bit of internet uh, problems. Abby, can you hear us? Unmute your mic. a little delay. Can you hear us, Abby? Okay, so she'll join in when she's ready, when she can hear um, what we're saying. But Dr. Shemlina, can you just tell us what sparked your interest in the topic of child um, sexual abuse? And again, this is a very sensitive um, topic, so we're going to treat this topic with the utmost respect this evening. And it is so important that we have this conversation because I think what we are finding, and you can let me know your thoughts on that as well, uh, Dr. Shamina, is that the more we keep silence about topics such as these, it's almost like we're giving, we're empowering the predators, the perpetrators to continue to do what they're doing in silence. So I think by giving this topic a voice, by lifting the veil of secrecy that often surrounds this topic, we can do justice to the topic this evening. So can you just tell us what sparked your interest on the topic while Abby um, works on the technical issues in the background? Yes, definitely. So um, I, it took a long time for me to get here. I mean, growing up, I was born and raised in Dominica. I lived in Dominica until I was 17 years old. And unfortunately, I'm a survivor of child sexual abuse. So it took a long time for me to actually get to the point where I could talk about this publicly. I mean, I, I had to go through the emotions. I had to do some healing, find some inner strength. And now I'm a brave woman, a middle-aged woman, and I'm ready to discuss the topic and to help others. But what really sparked me, um, Dr. Simone, was the fact that during 2020, when everybody was home and all the kids were you know, home, being homeschooled, I realized, you know, because that most of the students, most of the kids that were being abused were home with their abusers. Because one thing that people don't realize, people always have these ideas that children get abused because they get abducted in a park or that they're like a stranger will like ask, tell, ask a child whether they want candy. But when you actually do the research and you read about it and you hear survivor stories, they will tell you that most of the abuse, over 75 to 85% of abuse happens in the home 
or in places with familiar people who have access to your children. So family members, in the home, in the cars, in places where you think your children are safe. And so, and one other thing I would just mention is right around that time, one of my really good friends, she found out that her nine-year-old daughter was being abused. So with the pandemic and that happening to my friend's daughter, who that little girl is like my child, it really aggravated me. And that calling that I had to talk about it and to do something about it that I was suppressing all these years, I finally decided, you know what, enough is enough. And I decided to speak out about it. Yes, and thank you for being so brave to share on this topic that has personal, um, personal application to you. But let me ask you this, because now we're in 2022, and we, we would like to think of ourselves as more advanced societies. But why do we still see such secrecy surrounding the issue of child sexual abuse? Why is it so hidden in our society? So, I mean, I will just, I'll speak in general and then I'll speak specifically about Dominica. So in general, you know, people tend to hold topics about, you know, sexual education from children. People always think that children cannot understand or they don't comprehend those things. When, when you actually think about it, sex and sexuality is very natural, right? Um, but specifically in the Caribbean, uh, more so the Eastern Caribbean, because I've done extensive research on sexual abuse in the Eastern Caribbean. Part of the problem with the secrecy is one taboo. We just don't talk about those things with children. Two, we have the issue where we're still in a society in the Caribbean where men are held as above or superior to women. Three, majority of the women in the Caribbean depend on men financially. And so they tolerate these behaviors from men. So for example, a woman may have a, a boyfriend and she has children from another person and she might she may know that the, the children's stepfather is doing that to them, but she may not have the power to stop it or tell about it because she needs him financially. And also the most important thing I believe, and the reason why it's so taboo and so extensive in the Caribbean is because in the Eastern Caribbean, children are not given a voice. Mm -hmm. I remember growing up in Dominica and going to St. Martin's school, and we were always told girls should be seen and not heard. If you say that really slowly and you ponder on every word, you will see how dark and how bad that is to tell a child as a female girls should be seen and not heard yes these are some things we have to work on to mm -hmm. give women a voice from small ages absolutely abby let's try again we're going to keep trying until we get this right Unmute. good evening everyone oh finally <laughs> the i had to switch devices right now it's much better and my yes, apologies Right. So we were just doing some rounds of introductions. So just kind of tell us about you and especially as it relates to the work that you're doing on child abuse. Okay. Um, well, I am Abigail Christmas. I am the public relations officer of the Gay Guys Association of Dominica. For 2022, we have taken out a mandate to raise awareness on child abuse. Our theme for that campaign is make child abuse prevention your number one priority. So what we are essentially trying to do is challenge child abuse in every aspect by raising awareness, by challenging legislation, by having forums where we can educate the public, parents, um, children themselves on how to deal with child abuse. Too many times we see that 
child abuse is being kept on the uh, uh, radar where we don't really publicize when these things are going on and we don't take action enough. So essentially the Girl Guides Association is trying to make child abuse a priority and we are also employ employing the, the public to join us as we challenge child abuse in every way possible. So starting this year and we, in, we intend to continue as, um, to see that there is real change effected in that arena. Yes, and thank you for that. And, you know, I'm so happy that you're here because oftentimes we hear that the girl guides and the boy scouts are no longer active in Dominica. So it is great to know that the girl guides are still active in Dominica. So can you just tell us about some other projects that is ongoing with that association? Okay, well, the Girl Guides Association has been on a drive to raise awareness and sort of revamp revamp our presence um, on islands. So we have been, we were working to, to do different community service projects, different collaborations on various topics. As you know, COVID, COVID tried to, to, to stop us. However, throughout the, the pandemic, we have been doing online, online um, panel discussions, campaigns, challenges, and keeping the young ladies in, in um, well, very, well to say, um, active. Well, our mission is to really have responsible, build responsible young ladies. And what we're trying to do is to take on various um, projects, various um, projects in different areas, such as community service, um, self-respect, um, different UN sustainable development goals, challenges like climate change, gender equality. We are just trying to build them, sort of, um, learning that these are issues pertinent to them as individuals and the world at large. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. So thank you for that. And you know, I think uh, Dr. Shamina said it perfectly. And actually what I'm doing right now is I'm pinning to this program, the book that we're here to talk about today, and that is going to be, and this is why I said in the beginning that we're going to look at ways to confront, to educate our children, to protect our children. So I just went ahead and pinned the link to Dr. Uh, Shamina's website, and of course the website is If You Touch, I'll Tell, it's one word, and you can st already start looking at the work that she's doing in terms of com confronting uh, child sexual abuse. So as we continue the conversation, I think one of the areas that it is so important to stress is the importance of giving children a voice. So let's just kind of stay on that topic um, for now, because I think what we've seen in the Caribbean, and Dr. Shemina, you're so right, is that many times we say children are to be seen and not heard. And I am telling you, the predators, they love that expression because now we have, they have our children within their grasp and our children have no voices. So let's just kind of talk about that, the importance of giving your children a voice. Right. So thanks for that, Dr. Shimon. So just real quickly, I mean, and people, you know, in the Caribbean too, like we have a lot of focus on respect as it relates to like an age 
like this hierarchy of class where like if you're younger than somebody you must respect them but one thing i want us to teach our children and i do that with my own children i have very young children i have a five-year-old daughter and an eight-year-old son and i teach them you know you respect those who respect you and i go as far as saying even if somebody's older than you if you're in the care of your teacher or somebody else but they're not respecting you you have the right to use your voice and say something about it and talk to somebody else about it because i mean i know a lot of times you know children are just you just feel like you have to respect these adults and sometimes not all adults have good intentions so you should talk to your children and be very specific in what respect is when you use your voice and with who you use your voice and in what way and i mean another thing that we need to what we need to also be conscious about in the in the island is i'll just give an example sometimes you know you'll be on the street with with a child and then you'll see another adult comes up to that child and that child may cling to the mother's leg right and the person is like come give me a hug and the mother will push the child go and hug so and so come on go hug and if the child doesn't want to do it the child gets reprimanded like why are you being like that you're embarrassing me no if a child doesn't want to hug somebody that is their body is their personal space just like how grown-ups have feelings about, I don't think I trust this person, or mm, this person rubbed me the wrong way. Children have those same feelings, and we need to respect them. Just because they're young and just because they cannot fend for themselves doesn't mean we shouldn't respect how they feel. Absolutely. Abby, you have any thoughts on that? Yes, I do, actually. And I'm happy that you all brought up that saying that children should be seen, especially young ladies should be seen and not heard. I have spoken to the girl guides in my unit about that, and that is a, a very distasteful, I would say, um, saying, and it is used so commonly, and I really do not like to hear it, because what you're essentially saying that you should remain quiet even about things that may bother you, mm-hmm. and that is essentially um, you, you're breaking down the person's ability to speak up for themselves, you're breaking down their, their confidence, mm-hmm. and in my girl guide unit, the 11 closer unit, our word is confidence. So in every way possible, we try to teach those young girls that they should be confident to speak up for themselves, to appreciate themselves, and to speak up for other people. So saying that girls should be seen and not heard, I totally disagree with that distasteful um, statement. Right, and, and the other thing um, too is how do we give our children a voice? We have to move away from that, that saying completely. But I think the other thing we find, too, is we tell children to stay out of grown-ups' conversations. Yeah. And I have a 10-year-old, and mm-hmm. I am finding, because what happens is when children feel that they cannot talk in general, when they need to talk about something ser- that is serious and impacting them, they won't talk. So from a very early age, even if it is not a grown-up topic, but ask your child, so what do you think about this, right? And just listen to them. Children are naturally talkative yeah. when they're small. I'm sure, Dr. Shamina, you must be going oh through that God. right now. Right now. Just Children oh are naturally talkative, mm-hmm. but sometimes we get so tired of hearing them mm-hmm. that we are quick to shush them. And instead of doing that, we should encourage them. We should probably direct the conversation a little bit if you find that they're just rambling. Because that is how you're establishing trust with your child, that they will feel comfortable. Because I think that is where it all begins. 
it begins with having an open line of communication with your children. So as we're talking about open line of communication and the importance of trust and betrayed trust, let us make sure we're taking some of our comments from Facebook as we see um, Sissy Christmas, I believe that's your mom. Um, Abby, she's on the live, so don't forget to share the live. Uh, Maslin says a very timely discussion on an endemic of unchecked and unpunished um, sexual abuse in Dominica. And Maslin is so correct, because one of the things that we're finding is that, you know, here you had a case where a young man literally filmed himself abusing a child, and he was granted bail. And we think to ourselves, what is going on in our court system? Again, social services in Dominica have the best intentions. But when someone comes to report um, child sexual abuse, what happens? Is the person actually prosecuted? Is the perpetrator prosecuted? Is the child allowed to go back to the house? Their resources are so limited. So I think that we're already seeing some very good thoughts coming in on the Facebook Live, and we encourage everyone to continue to share. Sandra Norris, great to see you. Agnes, great to see you. Well-needed topic. Thank you for that. Um, Agnes happens more than you think many times in our own homes. In our own homes. So I think we can already see the importance of starting this conversation. So I will be sure to take some more of your comments as we go along in the program. But let us talk about the betrayal of trust that comes with abuse. And yet again, another example in Dominica, where we had a police officer who was recently arrested for assaulting a young woman. So let us talk about the importance of when it is okay to speak up against folks that we may trust, that our children may trust, and, and the, the importance of that. Because what we find is that there's a grooming process, right? So we, we teach our children about good touch and bad trust, but mm -hmm. we don't tell them about the grooming process. So let's talk about that. What is the grooming process, uh, Dr. Shamina? Yeah, so that is that is a term, the term grooming, that is a term that court systems and other systems will use to describe the process that a predator takes with a child. So for example, he might he or she, predators can be females too, but majority of times tends to be males. But for example, the man may be near the child and at first he may touch the child's leg and there may be other family members around and they may see that, but they may see that's nothing and nobody speaks up. So the next time he may move up further. And all the while, because nobody's speaking up, the child is saying, okay, it might be all right. And then finally, when they're alone, the abuser may do more things that are just inappropriate, absolutely inappropriate. But the child at this point, one, already been taught and been brainwashed to think, see, and not, not, not be heard. Two, it might be a family member or family friend, and the child is conflicted, doesn't know how to deal with it. And children, it doesn't matter what age, they always know it's wrong. But according to who the abuser is, children don't have that confidence, that power to speak up because they're worried about what could happen or would anybody believe me? And so the grooming process is basically a process where a predator is doing small, taking small steps to become more aggressive in abusing a child. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the um, grooming process has to do with teaching the child to keep it a secret. Mm -hmm. That's the biggest thing. And that is why the opposite or, or breaking that barrier has to do with giving a child a voice. So, yeah. Absolutely. Abby? I would like to add to what Dr. Shamina has just said. 
And one thing I have noticed is that in Dominica, we don't take that as serious as we should because you see that older people would, well, I have seen, I cannot say we have seen, but I have seen um, instances where even older, older young people would have um, younger, younger um, people with them and they would sort of direct them in a path where they would be attracted to to boys or or engage them in sexual conversations and so on. And the Sexual Offenses Act of Dominica actually prohibits such behavior. But the question is, how serious do we take it? How many people are being charged for grooming? How, how often do we bring that to the attention of the um, law enforcers? So this is something we need to really um, kind of raise awareness on to cramp down on it is an offense and if you know of grooming you know for a fact that there is grooming sexual grooming and you you don't report it and you instead encourage such um activity you two you two you are at fault i remember when i was going to high school um we were all young high school students in our uniform and then you would see older older guys talking to us on our way home from school and maybe if there is one in the mix that we may have known as a family friend or a long time friend they would they would encourage us to entice this conversation that is also grooming and we need to understand that that is a serious offense we need to cram down on because this is not just doing something and saying oh well um that person, that child, she wants to get she fat. That is not a thing. You cannot say um, she's fat. It is a that, that, that expression just gets me all the time. She's fat. Like nice. she's she's inviting yeah. the abuse. And right. And you cannot blame the person who has been abused. You blame the abuser. Absolutely. Dr. Shamina? It's so funny that you said that, um, Abigail. I Amazing. Because... So many people in Dominica and in other places too will be quick to say that these young girls are fat or these people. What does that even mean? No, young people are curious and it is natural to be sexually curious. That is part of growing up. But when a child or a woman is raped or abused, that is not their fault. When somebody says no, no means no. No never means maybe or she wanted it, but she said no. No means no. I mean, and people just have to learn to understand that and I mean, I think part of it, too, is that in Dominica, we've become super desensitized to sexual abuse. It is so banal, so commonplace that when it happens, it's like, oh, that girl was abused or whatever. It becomes almost like, you know, best. And then it's like somebody turns the other way. They don't understand that turmoil that that child or that person is going through and they're going to go through for the rest of their life. And I think we just need to become more sensitized because even to the point you made before, um, Dr. Simone, about the video that was shared or the, the video that was basically went sent to court. Why were people still sharing that on their phones? If a child is abused and you get a hold of the video, why would you share that? You're violating that child over oh, and over, over again. again. It is one, it is child pornography and people who have that in their phone should be arrested. Exactly. And of course, when you continue to do it, it is just going to make it worse. It's like you have to think about that child like it was yours, like it was you. 
I'm just yeah, and I'm, I'm really happy that you brought up that topic and Facebook, I am coming to you for your comments, so keep them coming. I'm very happy you brought up that topic, Dr. Um, Shamina, because I think what we're seeing is that these cell phones are the greatest access that mm -hmm. predators have to our children. But just to backtrack a little bit on the topic of grooming, and keep in mind that these are folks that are coming at your children, chances are your child is not the first. So exactly. they have perfected their mm -hmm. art, unfortunately, mm -hmm. right? And one of the ways that I know that these predators use is they will tickle your child. Oh, so oh, funny. Yes. Tickle, yes. tickle, tickle. And then before you know it, while your child mm -hmm. is laughing, the hands are moving elsewhere. Exactly. So we have to look out for the signs. We have to look at those people that we trust with our children. And I'm going to get to your book because I know that you address that mm -hmm. brilliantly. So we're going to get to your book. But let us talk about the phones, the cell phones, because my daughter does not have a cell phone, but her other friends have cell phones. Mm -hmm. Who knows what they're looking at on the phones? And they're allowed to bring the phones to school. So that is why I say it begins with being able to communicate with your child, to have an open dialogue with your child to ensure that you know exactly what is going on in their world. And if they're honest with you, don't get angry at them. Right. Because That's I think right. sometimes yeah. our children want to tell us more, mm -hmm. but they're so nervous from previous experience that, you know, we exploded, we blew up on them, that now they don't want to reveal anything else. Any thoughts? That is a really good point that you made because, you know, there's a fine line between being a mom and being a friend. And people will tell you, you cannot be your children's friend. And I totally disagree with that. I disagree. Now, I'm, not gonna, I'm not giving any parenting advice. Mm -hmm. But in my opinion, who do you tell your secrets and who do you tell the little naughty things you do? Your friend. Mm -hmm. Growing up, you told that to your friend. But if you have a mom that is like open and encouraging, even if she has to go screaming her pillow when you guys are done talking, you have to be that kind of mom because you want to know what your children are doing. And I practice that with my daughter. I noticed early on when if I would yell or get too upset about certain things, she would shut down. Yep. Once I'm open and I say, listen, it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you do. Even if it was naughty or it was wrong, if, you just, if you're just honest with me, it's okay. I just want to know because I want to be your friend. And my job as your mom is to protect you and support you. So I totally agree that we have to be a certain level of friends. Of course, we have to still discipline our kids and punish our kids. And they have to respect us. But you have to get to their level and not blow up every time they make a simple mistake. Let them talk to you. Absolutely, ask, absolutely. Yeah, and also ask them about their day. What happened mm -hmm. today? Who were you playing with? Were they playing nice with you? It starts with those little conversations that will grow as they get older into things like, okay, so who is the boy that likes you? And all the other serious conversations that you may have. Mm -hmm. Abby? I completely agree with you, Dr. Shamina. I think that having an open and healthy relationship with your child, it kind of um, builds on what type of person that child will be and how they will deal with outsiders. Mm -hmm. My mother and I have a very close relationship. And I remember growing up, I used to be afraid to tell her certain things because I was like, I do not want to make her feel disappointed, right? If I do something wrong, I don't want to make her feel disappointed because she has me, she holds me at such high esteem. And she would always come to me and tell me that it's okay to share it. It's okay. And right now, I can honestly say that I am happy to have my mother as the person I share my secrets with because who else would be better to advise you on those secrets? 
But um, what you were, what we were saying earlier as to um, the fine line in between who you can trust and who you cannot trust, oftentimes, especially teenage girls, tend to, to trust who they shouldn't. They trust older, older cousins, older friends, and that leads them down the wrong path. Because the type of advice you get, at the moment, you're so curious, as Dr. Shamina said, you're so curious that you can even be gullible and certain things you might entice in and be encouraged to entice in may not be the right path for you. So there is a thin line between who you can trust and who you cannot. And I think it boils down to parents properly educating their children and having healthy, open relationships with their children. Yeah, and I want to make sure we, we spend some time on Dr. Shimina's book because it is so well done. And we're coming for the comments, but Agnes raises a very important point. She says, let's not forget about our little boys. They also get abused as well in the hands of older women and men. And that is such an important point, Agnes. Thank you for raising it. Because what we find in Dominica, and of course, we keep referencing Dominica because that is where we were born and raised, mm -hmm. right? So we keep referencing Dominica. And I always say that is our point of concern, what goes on in our own country. And, you know, in Dominica, people will tease a boy, if he says he's been abused, like, what are you complaining for? You got something for free and, you know, you know, you should be happy. So let's have that conversation about uh, how our boys are being abused and they're being told that you should be happy about it. Yes. Yes. Um, as a, a, meeting, a meeting we had with the Girl Guides Association and some of the core members that would be working on the child abuse prevention matter. We also invited a few outside um, people to collaborate, among which were um, three lawyers, because we really think that challenging the legislation is something of paramount importance. We discussed um, the abuse of boys. And although we are an association mainly to promote um, responsible young ladies, as you hear the name, Girl Guides Association, our mandate to prevent child abuse is not limited to only raising awareness for prevention of abuse in girls. We are also looking to raise awareness for the abuse of boys because a lot of times we, we, we stray and we forget that our little boys are also vulnerable and we should look out for them and protect them as well. The same questions we ask our little girls, the same things we teach them about good touches and bad touches, we need to teach them to the little boys as well. We need to have conversations that might not be the most, um, the most, um, how do I say it? The most, um, con the conversation that the boy would be most comfortable to discuss. Mm -hmm. um, unlike girls, girls seem to be more open to discuss certain things and boys are more reserved most, most of the time. But we have to talk about the hard things with our children to avoid things certain things we would really regret not having those conversations about. Mm -hmm. And as we get ready to discuss your book, uh, Dr. Shamina, and again, thank you for using your own experience and putting this wonderfully illustrated, very well done book. And again, I posted the link. Just tell us what is the age range for this book? And can you tell us how you decided what was important to put in this book while I just show our audience how very well done. There's a, a warning message 
in the beginning. And of course, thank you for signing my copy and a dedication. So what is the age range on this book? So this book is really intended for kids as early as one. And if parents want to discuss it, give the child reading it even to a baby, that's okay as well. Mm-hmm. But um, it's really for children one plus. And the reason why I said one plus is because, I mean, children, I mean, are abused sometimes as early as three, sometimes even babies. But I mean, most of the time children don't remember. And so, of course, when children are really young, you know, for example, when a child goes to the doctor, the doctor has to check certain areas. So even when your child has a well visit, so you have to explain to your child that when mommy's in the room and the doctor's there and the doctor's just taking a peek, that's okay. But there are other times when you have to explain that other things are not right. So it's really for smaller children, but I think even children as far as 9, 10, and 11, they find it useful because they may have been abused at 11, let's just say, but never had the voice. Mm-hmm. And how I decided what was important. So I thought about and I will tell you that I was abused from about, I remember from the age of seven. So I'm not sure when exactly when it started. And I finally told at the age of 14. When I was around 11 years old, I knew I had to say something. Mm-hmm. It took me from 11 to 14 to find the strength and to find the voice to finally tell my mom. So just think about that. It just took that much time. Now, when I sat down to write the book, I thought about what would have been helpful for me at 11 to tell my mom. And I remember the hardest thing for me was just to get the words out. I didn't even know what to say. And so you notice the, in the back of the book, there's like this like poster where it says like, where did the person touch you? It's like a poster. Yep, that's exactly where I was going yeah. because I think yeah. that is brilliant that you've included, do I have it upside down? Yes. <laughs> that you've included a page yeah. of so, the because touching. Was, right, because I was thinking to myself, if I had that, and I, and, I t- and I tell parents in the book, cut out that page and stick it on your child's bedroom wall with the corresponding page that lists people, right? So it says mom, dad, aunt, uncle, alphabetically. Mm-hmm. Because I remember if I could just go up to my, if I could just hold my mother's hand and I could walk her to my bedroom and just point to the picture. And then she would try to come and say, what are you showing me? Then I would probably tell her, somebody did something to me. Then I would go to the next page and I could just point to the name of the person. Is it mom? Is it dad? Is it cousin? Is it auntie? It'd be so much easier for me. But as an 11 year old, I had to form a complete sentence. That was the hardest thing I had to do my entire life. And I have two children and a PhD. And I'm telling you, it was the hardest thing still to this day I had to do my entire life. But thankfully, I have a good mom. Her response was good. She believed me. That's the other thing. When I was writing the book, I was sure to put in those three words I believe you. Because if I had went to my mom and she didn't believe me, the abuse would not have ended, right? Because she would not, she would not believe me. She would not have confronted the abuser. And so parents need to be sure that when your child comes to you with something so sensitive, you believe them. There, I know that there are instances when children have made up stories. But the majority of the time, when a child comes to you and tells you, mom, so-and-so happened, that child is not making up a story. So for a parent to just turn a blind eye and say, what is wrong with you? Why would you lie about so-and-so? You cannot do that. Because the moment I told, the day I told my mom, it never happened again. Mm-hmm. My mother put the fear of God in that person. It never happened again. So I thought about all the, the other thing I thought was important to put in the book was, I told children in the book that it doesn't matter what happened, it's not your fault. Because the guilt you feel when you know, you know that something is wrong, you know that this is not right. Because I mean, think about a little child, seven, eight years old. When the person tells you that's normal, what's happening is normal, you believe them because this is somebody in your life you respect. 
show you, it's like when your mom tells you you must brush your teeth every night. You don't go to school and ask your friends, does your mother have to brush her teeth every night? So when somebody tells you something is normal, you don't go asking your friends. You just believe them because that's the person you're supposed to trust, right? So I thought it was important to tell children it's not your fault because for a long time I thought it was my fault. And that ate at me. I'm like, am I doing something wrong? Is this my fault? So that is to take the burden off children. It is not your fault and you must tell. I don't know how many times in the book I said you must tell. But yes, must yes. Tell. And, 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 you know, I think it speaks to how we began the conversation, which is the, the core of this topic, yeah. giving children a voice. So I think it is great that mm -hmm. you kept reiterated, you know, tell, tell, shout, mm -hmm. scream. Let yeah. someone know mm -hmm. that this is happening to you. So Dr. Shamika, Shamina, I really want to thank you for your bravery. Thank I you. really want to thank you for the way you've channeled this um, traumatic experience and put it into a positive outcome that we can now use to educate our children because enough is not being done. And, you know, as we come to you, um, Dr. Abigail, I mean, uh, Miss Abby, and hopefully you'll be Dr. Abigail one day. <laughs> as we come to you, I think the other important point that we need to reemphasize is the fact that many times uh, we're happy that uh, Dr. Shamina's mom believed her, but many times you have the cases where I don't think that the moms do not want to believe, but they feel pressured to stay in the relationship because of financial reasons. In a place like Dominica where jobs are scarce to come by and that predator might be the provider what do you do? Any thoughts on that, um, Abby? Well, um, this is a case that we, this is something we have been seeing for generations. You see that, especially in the low income areas, there will be mothers who settle. But what we need to do is educate parents that it is okay and life will go on if you speak up against the abuse instead of putting it under the table. That way you are, only, you are only destroying your child more. And when you are um, telling yourself that you're staying with that person so that they can provide and make life better, you're making life even harder for that child. And I must commend Dr. Shamina yes. because her, her book and her story is very inspiring. And I hope that people, people listen to the message that she is giving because it is of paramount importance. We need, to, we need to give our children a voice. We need to let them know that it is okay to speak up. And the parents need to say that they believe the children. As she said, she made sure to put it in her book, I believe you. I think that the parents need to understand that it, it, it takes something from a child to come up to you and, and say that. And what I have told my, my girl guys in, in, in meetings, I've asked them the question, who do you trust to tell if something is happening like that? If someone is being abused, if someone comes to you and tell you they were abused, what advice would you give? And I try to ask them these types of questions so it is thought-provoking and they could, they, could, they could show me their perspective on how they view talking about child abuse and how they view reporting child abuse and what should be the outcome of that report. So essentially what I'm saying is parents need to, to be educated on how to deal with the matters because sometimes that parent that child is going to may have been a victim of abuse yep, and they yep. really don't know how to deal with their child coming to them to tell them they suffered the same thing. 
Um, one of the things we intend to do as the Girl Guides Association is to partner with different um, counselors so we could have parent sessions. So we kind of educate parents on how to, to deal with the matters and we kind of give a sort of support to them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you know, Dr. Shamina, I want to come to you because I think it's important for us to not just encourage everyone to get a copy. You know, if you have a small child, if you have a niece, you have a friend, you have someone who has a young child that you get a copy. But I also think that this needs to be more than just a book. You know, it needs to be an ongoing project. It needs to be kept in the forefront it needs to be kept in the media and i am absolutely ready to do the work with you to ensure that it does because i think between the three of us we've already started a very important conversation but as you think about your response to that question let's see what everyone on facebook is saying because i saw some great uh, comments uh, coming in while we were talking so Muslim says why is it the names of the alleged per perpetrator pedophiles aren't being made public by the authorities when arrested and most times or rather all times are veiled into the same homes lord help us and communities where the crimes took place and the victims vulnerable unprotected and still at their mercy so kind of just take note with regards to what you guys would like to respond to as i go through the comments Agnes, uh, that tells a story. You are listening to Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone. If you live in Canada, the U.S., and the U.K., and are looking for Dominica products, including cocoa sticks, bay rum, coffee, soaps, crafts, and other popular Dominica items, then look no further. You can now shop on buydominicaonline.com, a secure, easy-to-navigate website selling a wide variety of Dominica-made and Dominica-inspired products. When you shop on buydominicaonline.com, you are helping to grow Dominica's economy. Go to buydominicaonline.com and enjoy home away from home. See why it was important to bring you most of this interview. And again, don't forget next week we will go back into our tip of the week. But for today, I wanted us to just uh, explore this topic of child abuse in Dominica because unfortunately it is quite prevalent and we don't seem to have actionable solutions for so many of the young ones who are impacted. So, this is one of the topics that I will continue to explore how do we move together as a community to protect our children because we know unfortunately if they're exposed to abuse then the the repercussions in terms of getting the perpetrator prosecuted are very slim to none so the most important thing is really to protect them in the first place so i think uh we can all see the importance of having these conversations so here we are at the end of the program i always look forward to spending this time with you each and every Tuesday with Untapped Potential with Dr. Simone right here on TDN Radio. So come back. Let's do it again next week. Same time, same place, uh, 530 Eastern Standard Time right here on TDN Radio as we get 
powered up and energized together for the week ahead. And we remind ourselves of all the important life goals that we should be working on. So don't forget, check out pushpast10.com to find out all the ways that we are growing together as a community. So that website again is P-U-S-H past10.com for all the ways that we're growing together. And while you're there, remember to click on the past podcast episodes for any of the episodes we may have missed along the way. And so we continue with the work that we do this week. We will have two interviews. Uh, this week we will actually have, uh, we may have someone from that new university in Dominica. I'm hoping to have someone stop by on maybe Thursday, uh, there's a new medical school. Yes, there's a new medical school, which is opening in Dominica in September. Very interesting, right? So we're hoping to have a representative join us on Thursday at about 7 p.m. or maybe 6 or 7 p.m. to talk about it. So again, for more information, if you're interested in knowing what's coming up each and every week on the program, I certainly encourage you to follow us on Facebook at Push Past 10. And if you would like to be added to the list of folks that receive information on upcoming programs, you can simply send me an email at pushpast10 at gmail.com. So again, thank you for being here. It was wonderful spending this time with you. I look forward to being with you right back here next week at the same time. So don't forget your life story is your strength. All the challenges you faced in the past have prepared you for the challenges that you face today. So remember to tap into your potential, remain strong, remain positive, remain engaged, and remain active. So until we meet right back here next week at the same time, you have yourself a wonderful week.